Welcome to Real Radiant, a podcast from the heart to help you connect to your radiant self. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and each week I'm bringing on some amazing guests for real and honest conversations on topics like lifestyle, wellness, and how to live your best life. Let's get into it. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Real Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and I'm so happy to be back for another episode with you guys this week. I hope everyone is doing well, and I'm so, so, so excited for you guys to hear today's episode. I'm joined by Kristen Such. She is a confidence and mindset coach, really doing her best work to help women overcome their self-doubt and build real solid confidence so they can move forward with life and really find full, deep fulfillment, which I think is so powerful. What she's doing is so noble, and we need more people like her (laughs) in our lives, so definitely a really valuable person to talk to and I know that you guys will get so much out of this episode. Definitely be prepared to take some notes and write some things down. I loved what she had to say. We talked all about ego shedding, inner child work, a little bit of judgment, and really just a wholesome, holistic conversation on how you can really recover some wounds that are deep within you and really get to a place where you're fulfilled, happy, and more confident. So definitely a really great conversation and you may want to listen to this a couple times over just because it's so packed with so much great information. But first, before we get into the episode, I just want to make sure that everyone is doing well, do a little check-in. Let me know if you guys are struggling with anything or just want to talk about anything. I'm always open in my Instagram DMs to chat with you guys. And yeah, I'm in Maine still. This is my first time really spending a good chunk of time in New England. So or living here. So I really want to take advantage of all that this area has to offer. So if you're listening and are familiar with the Maine, Vermont, Massachusetts areas, let me know. I'd love to do some like day trips or something like that. But yeah, it's super beautiful here. It's really warm. The only downside are the bugs. There's so many bugs, but it's okay. And so far I'm liking it. It's so beautiful and who can complain about beautiful scenery. So yeah, I hope you guys are all doing well. And don't forget to leave a rate and review of the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. I'd love to hear your guys' feedback. Let me know what you like, don't like, and if there's any specific guests or topics that you want to hear discussed. Also, follow the Instagram at Real Radiant with two Ts, where I'm posting daily about podcast updates, wellness, lifestyle, and yoga tips. So definitely a lot of good information over there on Instagram as well. And also, be sure to check out our website, realradiant.me, where you can get some information about the podcast and also you're able to listen to the latest episode on there too. So definitely go check that out. And without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for coming on Real Radiant. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. Me too. I can't, I can't wait to speak with you. And listeners know that I've been asking everyone that comes on this question just to get everything flowing and the conversation rolling. And it is, what is one quote that has resonated with you and changed your perspective on things like life, jobs, relationships, anything like that? Yeah. So my favorite quote is, if you don't like where you are, you're not a tree, move. And this has been resonant for me in so many different areas of my life, which is, I think, why I picked this quote. But um, you know, I think so often we think that we're stuck in one area of our life and we think that, oh, there's no other way to do it. But when you really kind of move from that victim consciousness to that co-creator consciousness, you realize that you might feel like you're in a cage, but you also have the key to get out of the cage. And that's why I love this quote, because it's really like kind of speaks to the fact that it's like, 
you know, you're not a tree. If you don't like where you are, no one's keeping you at the job. No one's keeping you in the relationship. No one's keeping you in the house that you're at. Like you can actually figure it out and change something. So that's my mm-hmm. favorite quote. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Cause it just reminds us how everything is so impermanent because we, we can be in a situation and everything where we think it's like something goes wrong. It's the end of the world. Or like, we can't do anything to change the situation, but nothing in life is permanent. You can, you can move, you can change whenever you want to. So it's such a good reminder. A thousand percent. And, you know, I think that in my life personally, something that has had such a big influence on my work is me leaving my corporate job and essentially pursuing fulfillment and my passion. Mm -hmm. And uh, for so long, I wanted to quit my corporate job, but I made excuses of why I couldn't. And I, you know, it's like, well, I just spent thousands of dollars on my college degree and I am working at this amazing company. And what are other people going to think? But at the end of the day, those weren't actually things that were keeping me there. It was just my own limitations and my own perspective. So yeah, for anybody who thinks like, I can't, I, I want to leave my job, but I can't, or I I'm not happy in the relationship I'm in, but I've been in it for so long. I am you know, encouraging you and inviting you to bring in a new perspective because we're never, ever, ever stuck. Even when we think we are, and we know it's going to be hard to get out. That doesn't mean that you can't get out. It just means that it might take a little bit more effort. Exactly. I love that. Very well put. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, your story, your personal elevator pitch? (laughs) Yeah, I guess I should have started with that, but no, you're good. (laughs) If you guys don't know who I am, my name is Kristen Such. I'm a confidence and mindset coach for women and entrepreneurs. And really I work with them to help them heal their self-doubt, show up confidently, find deep fulfillment and start and grow their business. If that's something that they're looking for, or just find more fulfillment, if they're not at a happy at a job. Um, and yeah, so a lot of my work that I do is within the subconscious realm mindset, um, building confidence, getting out of your comfort zone, but it's really birthed from my own experience of just living a very at first unfulfilled life and not knowing who I am. And now I'm just so passionate about helping others find who they are and change their life. Because again, it's so possible. I love that. I love that you were able to come to that point in your life. You know, like you said, you were working in a corporate job, but then you quit that and transitioned into something that really aligns with your purpose and you've created your own path. So I think that's, that's such a valuable thing that you've done. And so many people are wish that they were in your situation where they could like leave and then just go do their own thing. And hopefully listening to you is a good motivator that they should do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to, you know, inspire anyone who, or expand rather anyone who is listening. They're like, oh, I wish I could do that. You can do it. You know, Mm -hmm. there's nobody telling you you can't. And I'm really here to just like be an expansive person and show people like what's possible if you just really go all in on yourself and overcome your mindset. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so you said before that you left corporate world to pursue your own path. And how were you really able to do that, you know, to find the fire within you and actually take the steps to actually change your life, move forward and let your past self, you know, the corporate Kristen that you knew go. Yeah. Thank you for asking this because I think that, you know, if anybody is new to me or listening to me, they might just be seeing the end result, but you really are seeing the end result of years and years and years of work I've done on myself and Um, challenges that I've overcome and that I'm still overcoming. So I'll give you guys, I'll try to give you the short spiel, but it might be a little bit long. No, give us all the details. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So 
Really starting from the beginning, I uh, went to school for supply chain and finance because I thought that's what I needed to do to be successful. My parents really pushed, you know, the business school on me. Um, I wanted to go into nutrition and wellness because that was always a part, you know, I'm kind of doing the same thing now, um, just in personal growth. And they always said, you don't really make a lot of money doing that. So again, like I think most college kids, they just did the thing that they thought they were supposed to do. From there, I got a job at a really great company. I was working at Under Armour at the time, um, you know, the fitness brand. And I thought it was a perfect, you know, mix between wellness and corporate, right? And I went to just go find that even though it was a cool company, the job was still pretty miserable. I moved around a lot. I started in supply chain. I went to finance. I went to HR. I literally tried everything because I was so, so unhappy. I feel like I exhausted all my options. Um, and so from there I decided, you know, I was crying every single night when I would come home from work. I was crying every weekend. I, I just hated my life. I was numbing myself, you know, going out and basically getting belligerent so I could forget about my life. Um, and just living in a very low vibrational state and not happy at all. And so one day I think I just kind of broke. I was practicing yoga at the time. I got my yoga teacher training and then this, opportunity came up at my studio and they were like, we need a studio assistant. We think you'd be perfect. We know that you're not happy at your corporate job. And um, I took it and I quit my corporate job. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even know how I'm going to survive, but I'm going to, you know, quit my job and be a yoga studio assistant and teach yoga. So for about a year, I taught yoga. And while I did that, I just went all in on my personal growth. I was hiring coaches. I was finding myself. I was trying all these different things. I tried to start a lot of businesses in that time because obviously I wasn't making really enough money to live. But I also want to say before that I was saving up to quit my job. So it wasn't like a, oh, I'm just going to quit my job today. Like I know people are like, that's not really possible for me. I was saving up enough money so that I was able to do that and feel comfortable, you know, making less income than I was. And so from there, I, what happened next? So yeah, I tried to start a marketing business. I tried to start a lot of like just different types of small businesses, but nothing really clicked. And I didn't have too much success with anything. I was kind of just doing weird jobs to get by um, social media management for a few small companies in Baltimore, which is where I lived at the time. And uh, I was also babysitting. I was walking dogs. I was doing all of these just very, you know, chill, low key jobs just to get by. Um, and then COVID hit. So after COVID hit, obviously my yoga studio had shut down. But during this time of my exploration, I was hosting a few yoga retreats in my meantime, in, in my spare time of just weekend retreats. And I was seeing such massive transformation from the women that were going through these retreats. And they were just small retreats, but they would really leave feeling super just changed and fulfilled. And so when my yoga studio shut down, I knew I had pondered with being, you know, a life coach. And I was like, I really feel like I can do this. I'm already kind of doing it with my yoga. And I had no choice at the time. I was making no income. My savings were dwindling and it was kind of like an all or nothing. So from there, I, you know, COVID was going on. I went all in. I started my Instagram. Honestly, it's just a little bit, it's a, two years and a month ago now. So you're seeing kind of quote unquote the end result, but it really wasn't that long ago, um, even though my personal growth journey had started before then. And yeah, so I think that the universe kind of shoved me into it and was like, get off this cliff, you're going to fly, right? And so mm -hmm. I kind of had to make it work. And during that time, it was a lot of overcoming the limiting beliefs, the fear of being seen, the fear of judgment, um, just the fear of failure, procrastination, perfectionism, a lot of the stuff that I teach now. 
And yeah, that's kind of how I got to where I am today. So sorry for the long-winded response. No, no, you're good. I love that. And I love hearing people's stories like that because especially like you said, like you're seeing the end result now in your journey, but having that awareness to be able to say like, no, this is not how it's been. It's not been an easy process. It's been, it hasn't been seamless. There's been a lot of ups and downs is so good and valuable. And the ability for you to actually share that with other people is so nice because having that transparency is what makes people motivated to actually go do the same thing that you did, you know? So I love that. And throughout this whole process, did you have a lot of doubt in yourself or like, were you sitting there thinking, oh, I can't do this because these people will think that I'm less than, or that I'm a failure. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, a lot. <laughs> I had a lot of doubt and I still do. I want people to know that, you know, confidence isn't never having self-doubt. It's what you do with the self-doubt and how you move through the self-doubt. Um, and so, yeah, I think that the biggest, I would say if I was looking back at my journey and it's like the biggest hurdle I overcame was, you know, fear of judgment and fear of being seen. So if we just go back to the corporate job, which was a long time ago, um, or the first transition I made. It's a lot of ego shedding, to be honest. It's like, I had a job at this amazing company. All of my, you know, past friends were like, oh my God, you work at Under Armour. It was just like this, it was, it was a lot of, I don't know. It was, I had a lot of ego in it. I was very proud of it at the time. And it was like, okay, I'm going to go back to nothing. I'm going to go back to just being a yoga teacher. And, you know, people ask me what I do. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm just a yoga teacher. Um, and now I have a lot of pride in that, but it was a lot of just ego shedding for me to be able to kind of take two steps back to take three steps forward. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was one of the biggest things that I overcame with like, just feeling doubt about myself. And then I think when I really started with the life coaching, you know, I'm showing up on a platform in a very new way that I was used to. And I think a lot of new entrepreneurs feel this way. It's a lot of overcoming the fear of being seen, the fear of judgment, all of these people from your past are seeing you, you know, be a quote unquote expert in this thing that you've never done before. And mm -hmm. it takes a lot of self-belief, but uh, you know, this is why I'm also teaching entrepreneurs how to kind of overcome this now is because for me, it was so deeply painful to go through this period of time where I felt very alone and I felt very judged by the world. And I felt like, can I actually do this? But when you have this, these internal tools to move through it, I think that it makes it so much easier and not going to say easier, but it gives you something to kind of lean on when you feel like you have nothing and nobody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can you go back to kind of that concept of ego shedding and kind of explain that a little bit more and how you went through that? Because our ego, it literally controls everything. And if you don't have the self-awareness to like really realize when your ego is stepping in compared to your, you know, your higher self, it can be really hard to differentiate between the two. And I think there's this common saying that your ego will love you to death, like literally to death where you your ego, if it gets a little too out of control, will work against you rather than with you. So how did you kind of work through that? Yeah, really good question. So to, to anybody who's like, I don't really get what my ego is. I want you guys to think of your ego as the part of yourself, your personality that you identify with, right? So mm -hmm. for example, you know, I resonate or I identify as a girl with black hair. Um, I'm Asian and I'm you know, from Israel, my mom's from Israel. So I have all of these parts of me. And those are the things I like, I resonate with. I had a job at Under Armour. That was another thing I resonated with. And these are things that our ego is proud of. 
to give you guys a, I don't know, an example of that. It's like things that we really love about ourselves or not even Mm -hmm. love, but maybe accept within ourselves. So a lot of times our ego is trying to keep us safe and trying to keep us loved, right? So if I'm going back and I'm like, okay, I don't work at Under Armour anymore. Now I work, I'm a yoga teacher. Our ego is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a part of you that people really loved about you and people really accepted in you. Are you sure you don't want to do that anymore? Right. And so this is all happening very unconsciously. Of course, this is not an actual dialogue that your ego is having with your, uh, you know, other self, your true self, but this is what's going on within your subconscious. And so because safety is the number one thing humans crave, you know, go back to middle school Maslow's hierarchy of needs. What's on the bottom? Safety, feeling safe, being in a community, right? Because that is the number one need for humans is just to be a part of something and be, feel safe. Uh, we will most often choose safety over what we truly desire or safety over growth, right? And so this is what ego shedding is for me. It's really being aware of when our ego is running the show, our ego is trying to keep us safe and then kind of talking us out of that and saying, Hey, you're safe because I got you. Um, you're safe because I'm not never going to let anything happen to you. And I accept you, right? Because our ego always wants to be accepted. But even if we can give ourselves that acceptance, instead of looking for it outside of ourselves, then your ego is going to be fine. But this takes a lot. It's a lot easier said than done. It takes a lot Mm -hmm. of internal work as well. Yeah. So what kind of internal work can we do to actually start starting that process? So my bread and butter is, you know, inner child work, self-validation, really being there for yourself, Mm self-trust, working on your self-trust. So the main thing that I love to teach is inner child work, because if you don't know what inner child work, it's essentially reparenting your child self and all of the beliefs, all of the pain, all of the happiness she held. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times, um, well, not a lot of times, but I'll just go back to the inner child, you know, the inner child, essentially when we're children from zero to 14, sometimes even up to 21, 24, we are, our brains are developing and they're in the subconscious state. The subconscious state is essentially what we're trying to get to when we meditate. And it's very imprintable. It's essentially what runs the show. It runs 95% of our lives is subconscious and then 5% is run consciously. So we Mm. live in the subconscious state a lot, or it's kind of running the show, but our inner child was very imprintable. So anything that happened in our childhood, uh, whether it's good or bad was imprinting and creating beliefs for ourselves and about the world. So for example, if I was seven years old and somebody, um, you know, called me names and bullied me. I might start to have a really bad perception about myself and that's Mm going to carry in into adulthood. And so really with, with overcoming your fears, the process is finding where you first lost your confidence, where you first lost your self-worth, where you started to think that you couldn't do anything that you wanted to do and going back to that child self and validating her and healing her. And I do this in the subconscious state. So I teach meditations, hypnosis, um, all the subconscious modalities, but you can also do this in a lot of different ways. There's more than one way to do it, but I think that was, I don't know if I answered your question, but no, no, that's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And to go into more depth on inner child work and everything, how, what are some ways that we can really identify that our inner child is wounded Mm -hmm. and that there's something not right in there? Yeah. So honestly, anywhere you feel insecure, anywhere you feel triggered, anywhere you feel less than anywhere you feel doubt is an inner child wound. I hate to say it. My, my clients, like just, I think they get annoyed with me, but I'm like, 
the answers in her child work, the answers in her child work, the answers in her child work, because it literally helped me heal anything. And so just to give you guys an idea, if you're kind of new to the personal growth world, a trigger is anytime you feel almost a, a, a negative emotional reaction to an outside event, right? So um, anytime maybe somebody says something to you and you know you shouldn't be getting this angry or this hurt, but you're like mm-hmm. more hurt than you should be type thing, that's a trigger. And that's probably just kind of poking at an old wound that is coming open, um, mm-hmm. that's opening up, that's from your childhood. And that's not really, that's not really then, right? So it's like kind of that thing where it's like, you know, you're mad about this thing, but it's not really about that thing. It's about something that happened a while ago. No, that's true because a lot of times like something will happen in our lives where your significant other will like say something that usually wouldn't make you mad, but all of a sudden you just snap. But then I feel like it always relates back to maybe something that happened a while ago where they did something that was super hurtful, which was connected to your inner child and like related back to something that happened to you when you were little. And it's just all interconnected in that way. So it's very interesting to see how it all plays out. A thousand percent. Yes. And what other ways can we really lean into our inner child and like actually start to do that work and start to heal it? Because like, for instance, for me, I don't really remember a lot from my childhood. So like, I've heard people say the expression, you know, that you need to play or you need to figure out like the things you enjoyed as a kid and that will like help with everything. But I don't even remember a lot of it. So what are some tips to help people with that. Yeah. And that's hard. I actually don't remember too much of my childhood too. Like my, my sisters make fun of me because I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. And that happens when we have a traumatic childhood and we dissociate. So our brain basically mm-hmm. forgets to help us keep us help, keep us safe. But what you want to do then is you want to focus on what you do know. So you probably do know some things about your childhood, right? Like maybe even, you know, like what house you lived in or whatever, you can just focus on what you know. And if you know that something was painful, the beautiful thing about inner child work is since it's in the subconscious state, our subconscious mind doesn't know what's fake and made up. So even if you're like, I think I got bullied, but I don't know the situation or I don't know really how it unfolded. You can really go back to that inner child and still be like, Hey, I know people are bullying you, but I really accept you. And I really love you. And you're still so worthy, right? You can still work with her around certain things, even if you know a little bit. So Mm. that's the first thing. The second thing is you don't, I mean, to practice inner child work, you don't need to know a lot. You can get to know her again. So somewhere really simple to start is to look at pictures of your child self and Mm -hmm. just start to remember like what she was like or ask people what she was like. I always ask my older sister what I was, sisters, what I was like, and to tell me stories about when I was a little girl. And it's really healing to hear, you know, they'll tell me you were so fearless. You'd go up and talk to anybody and you didn't care what anybody thought. And, you know, it's really nice to be like, oh my gosh, that is my true self. That's who I was before the world's told me who I should be. Right. Um, so asking people about your inner child is a good place to start. And the, th- the third place I'll give you guys is just simply journaling. Right. If you do remember a painful memory, just journal about it. Just journal it from her perspective. You know, so my, my friends left me out and I felt so hurt. I didn't understand. I felt angry. And you're going to basically feel her emotions for her because she might have not had the words or she might have not known how to express those emotions. But it's going to be really healing for her to just go back and like, grieve for her, cry for Mm -hmm. her, help her understand what's going on and then validate her. 
right? And tell her like, it's okay, I'm here now. Um, and I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And that doesn't mean anything about you. So I hope that answered your question, but um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of places you can start, but you know, actually I'm going to give you guys one more because I'm just on a roll right now. <laughs> but what I tell my clients that, you know, feel like, oh, I don't really know who she is, or I don't really remember who she is, is if you think about little kids, you know, if you ever around your nephews or your nieces, or even, you know, any children, they're always excited. They follow excitement. Like everything's fun to them. Right. So even just following the emotion of excitement is going to help you connect you to your inner child. So even if you're like, I don't know what she liked to do, well, what would feel exciting for you to do right now? Maybe that's go to the beach, or maybe that's going to on a trip, or maybe that's, you know, going to paint, whatever that is. If you just follow that, you're going to be connecting to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love those. I love those four tips and to uh, go back to kind of like your journaling with that one, because for some, someone who's never journaled before or anything, and they want to start working on their inner child. And that's like a really easy one that they can start doing literally right now, you know, just get a pen and paper. What are some like prompts or things that you should ask yourself to really start that work? Yeah. So I like to just go to Uh, a painful memory, right? So asking yourself what happened, let me remember anything in childhood that, and you're probably going to like bring up the ones that are a little more painful and traumatic, you know? Um, But we're getting deep here. So I like to remember a memory and then simply write about it, literally just write about it from her perspective. And you're going to actually be pleasantly surprised how more details will come back to you once you start writing because writing is a very subconscious exercise you're in your subconscious Mm -hmm. mind so things will start to come out and you can even just be like write a prompt about how she how you felt as your inner child and then as your adult self as the parent of your inner child write a message back to her that's a really simple way to start um, just the conversation and guys inner child work at its core is just having a relationship with this child's self of yours, right? It's mm-hmm. just being in relationship with her and making her part of your life every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that last statement you said, because with a lot of this stuff, especially if somebody's new to it, it can be like, it's a really long, complicated process, but really all it is like, you can keep it as simple as you need to. It's just connecting back with that younger part of yourself and not like, you don't need to get misled by it all the tons of information out there is, you know, just keep it simple and focus on that. Yes, exactly. And if you had any advice that you would want to tell your younger self, like knowing all the information that you know now that you think would have really helped you? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. I feel like it depends on the day, but let me think for a second. I'd probably tell her that her voice is worthy of being heard and that she deserves to be heard. I had a lot, again, one of my biggest things I think I've overcome is just that fear of being seen and the fear of judgment, um, the fear of using my voice on a platform. But whenever I do, especially when I do podcasts like this, I really feel like in my own element and I feel like stuff just flows out of me. Mm -hmm. And I think it took a long time for her to get here. And I think she would be really proud of who I am today. So I would just say like to keep on practicing using your voice, keep on practicing, you know, in small ways too, like setting boundaries, saying no, advocating for what you do want, saying where you want to go to dinner instead of saying, you know, I'll go anywhere. All of these things are very healing to our inner child every time we just use our voice and we advocate for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. 
And that's so true because so many times like we can just, you know, we can try to just go with the flow or we don't want to disrupt things. So we hide what we're feeling and we don't, or we think that we don't want to be a burden on somebody or something like that. But when we do start to utilize our voice, we really connect back to like the power that we had. And I feel like when we're children, we're so everything. Yeah, exactly. And we have so much, you know, we're so curious about everything and we would just want to learn and we want to talk to people and like getting back to that powerful feeling and that like fire within you that you had as a kid is so important. Yes. Yes. And, you know, people pleasing and boundaries, which is probably what a lot of your listeners maybe struggle with is a big, big inner child wound because somewhere Mm -hmm. in childhood, she learned that, you know, her needs were not as important as other people's needs. And she needs to kind of conform or not say what she needs because other people are more important. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think like with that, using your voice, if you have, if you're currently on the path of finding your voice again, Every single time you advocate for yourself, even if it's just Mm -hmm. telling your partner where you want to go to dinner or asking your partner to help you with the laundry, small ways are going to just bring a little piece of the voice that you lost in childhood back. Mm -hmm. And how has like, because people learn best through examples and I think like hearing your story and learning from you is a really good motivator for people. And how do you think that your journey of healing your inner child has helped you, you know, with switching from corporate America to now owning your own business and helping other people? Yeah. I mean, I think it's been the number one thing, to be honest, you know, if I root back the biggest limiting belief I had when I was leaving my corporate job, which I was practicing inner child work at that time, um, I've been practicing it for about five to six years now. The biggest thing I thought was I couldn't be successful without uh, being a doctor, a lawyer, or working in the business world, because that's Mm -hmm. simply what my parents told me. So that time for me was spent with a lot of um, reprogramming work to my inner child saying, you're only going to be successful. This is what I used to tell my inner child. You're only going to be successful if you follow your soul. That's the only mm-hmm. way you'll be successful. And I kind of rewired that belief for her of saying like, you're actually not going to be successful if you do this. So you need to do this instead. And for me, that was, that was huge for just validating, like, no, following my unique path and my soul and my feelings is like the right way to go. Even if people don't understand or are, you know, looking at me weird, it's okay because I got you and I know what Mm -hmm. you're doing. So that's kind of the biggest thing that has been helping me. I think. I think what you just said, you're only going to be successful if you follow your soul is like, is so important. Like that's a quote right there. I love that. And everyone listening uh, should write that down (laughs) just as a little reminder, because it can be so hard to not get lost in, you know, society's idea of success. And, you know, I'm the same way where, my family has influenced my belief in society as well, where like, you're only going to be successful if you have like a STEM degree, or if you are a high up business exec and stuff like that. So just that simple reminder that you're only going to be successful if you follow your soul is so important. Yes. And I used to write that all over sticky notes on my apartment. I had an apartment in Baltimore and it would be like, Mm follow your soul. It knows the way, or, you know, success comes when you follow your gut feelings. And like, Mm -hmm. I would have all of these reminders that would just like embed in my subconscious mind Mm -hmm. and remind me that like my soul knows the way. And, you know, I want you to all the followers or your listeners rather to really like hear that, you know, you're probably like, I know that, but like, do you Mm -hmm. actually know that like in your Mm -hmm. body, do you know that? Right. Because that's when real change and transformation can happen. When you say like, 
you know, I don't like this job and I'm not happy here. Like that's your soul talking to you, you know, that's Mm. your soul, your emotions talking to you. But when you just ignore that part of you and you just shove it down and you say, no, this is how it's, this is, this is how you become successful. That part of you kind of just dims and you feel for me, it felt like my soul was dying because I was suppressing it so much. So Mm. I know I just went in a lot of different tangents there, but I think it's so important for people to know that like, if you're feeling called to do something, you know, I didn't get that calling. It's there for Mm -hmm. a reason. You got that calling because it's your soul trying to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's just a good indicator for those listening that like you comparing yourself to somebody who's like on track to be a doctor or a lawyer is literally useless because that, that wasn't your calling. And it obviously wasn't your calling because if it was, then you would be on track to do the same thing, but you're not. And if it doesn't feel right, then don't do it. You know, like you said, follow that gut instinct. And when you were, you know, making that transition for yourself, how big of a role did gut instincts play? I would say all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Truthfully, living a fulfilling life, this is one of the things that I teach in my fulfillment program. You know, living a fulfilling life is truly about listening to your body and your emotions and your intuition over logic. A lot of times your sole purpose, what you're supposed to be doing on this earth will not make quote unquote sense. It's Mm -hmm. not going to make sense. It made zero sense for me to quit my corporate job and be a yoga teacher. It literally Mm -hmm. made zero sense. Right. But I think when you have the courage to take a bet on yourself, to Mm -hmm. take a risk and remind yourself, Hey, if it doesn't work out, I can go back. That's what, that was the biggest reminder I gave myself Mm -hmm. was like, if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to my corporate job. It's fine, mm-hmm. right? When you can really overcome your logical mind and lead with your heart, that is when you're going to find fulfillment. And if you mm-hmm. look at the unfulfilled people, I hate to say this, but go study unfulfilled people. This is something that I did consciously when I was quitting my corporate job. Mm-hmm. Unfulfilled people are very attached to logic. This doesn't make sense to do that. It, it's, it's not logical. Um, I won't be able to make, it's all, it's all in their mind, but fulfilled people go look at how they live their life. It's very heart centered. It's like, I'm just going to follow my gut and do this thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's just a little reminder. You know, if you're feeling like you need to make a change, but you keep on going back and forth, ask yourself, am I leading from my mind or am I leaving, leading from my heart? Because Mm -hmm. your heart is the way to fulfillment. Yeah. And for unfulfilled people, do you think that is where most judgment comes from? Like when we judge others or when we experience judgment from others, is it coming from a place of unfulfillment? So judgment is really just a projection of what you are judging within yourself. So Mm -hmm. it really would depend on the person and the situation. So I'm not going to say a blanket yes, but just to give you a breakdown of what judgment is. So I'll give you a really good example of that. I think will resonate with your audience or is your audience mostly entrepreneurs and stuff or. Yeah. Mostly women, just personal growth, trying to improve themselves. Love it. Okay. So let's say this is a big one for my clients. So let's say you're fearing judgment for getting on your stories and showing your Mm -hmm. face on social media. If you think of the people that are going to judge you, nobody's going to be judging you. That's doing the same thing as you. Nobody that's also making stories is going to be judging you because Mm -hmm. they're comfortable with that part of themselves. They're also doing it. The people that are going to judge you and say like, what is she doing? Are probably the people actually, I will say they are the people that are not comfortable doing that themselves that are not comfortable essentially being seen in that way. 
And because they would be uncomfortable doing it, they're going to look at you and they're going to say, oh my gosh, like, what is she doing? You know, that's quote unquote cringe or whatever they want to say about it. But really, if you, they, they don't know this consciously, but what's happening is at the root, they would just be uncomfortable doing that themselves. So it's just easy for them to project that judgment on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Anytime that I felt judgment from other people, it's always, I think, come from that place where it's just them projecting their beliefs about either about themselves or like their insecurities onto you. So that's so true. Mm-hmm. And do you have any other books, podcasts, or other resources that you recommend people check out? Hmm. Oh gosh. I have so many, but it, <laughs> in what area? <laughs> any, any, any that you love and Mm, I love the almost 30 podcasts. I like listen to it every week. I actually love podcasts in general and just in general, I think they're a great way to Mm -hmm. continue to grow personally. Um, and you know, just have information in your ears and you can so curate what you want to put in your ears. So I love the Gary V podcast. People think it's, I think, think it's like a little weird that I love Gary V, but if you listen to his stuff, he's all about fulfillment. He's all about following your goal, your, your soul. He's all about, you know, taking, taking a bet on yourself. So mm-hmm. I love the Gary V podcast. Um, those are my main ones. I love Jay Shetty's podcast on purpose. He has some good guests on it. A lot of times I just like search guests and that's how I find podcasts, mm-hmm. but those are really good. Um, within books, if you are working to find your soul's purpose, I love um, Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk. That has been really influential for me and a lot of my clients. The Middle Finger Project, if you're trying to overcome the fear of judgment, has been really, really big as well. Let me try to think of one more. My favorite spiritual book is The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success by Deepak Chopra. That book I've probably read from cover to cover like seven to ten <laughs> times. Um, and it's a you can it's a quick read. You can read it in one day, but it's really, really amazing. So those are some recommendations. I'll have to check those out. Those are really good recommendations. And where can people find you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Kristen.such. Um, that's my only account. I have some imposters out there. So just know that I only have one account and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on my website. You can find my offerings on my website, kristensuch.com. And yeah, I have coaching programs, group coaching programs, one-on-one coaching. You can also, if you're like interested in just starting inner child work, I have a meditation download that you can find on my link in my bio on both um, on both platforms and an inner child master class. If you're like, I just want to like dip my toes in this. I want to see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And that's a great place to start with inner child. Mm-hmm. Work too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really loved talking with you. And for those listening, definitely go check out her website and her Instagram. I've been going through both a lot and there's so much valuable information on there. So definitely go check it out. And thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you.